Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Crossroads today. It is really good to have you with us once again, and we are back here at CMC, and hopefully you are snuggled down on your couch or your office, wherever you are. You've got your cup of coffee, you've got your Bible, and you've got some notes ready to take uh, this morning as we're going to be going through God's Word again. We're talking about fearless. We've been talking about that for a while, but today again, we're going to be talking about fear and how to overcome it. I've called today's message Fear Busters, and we're going to go through some of those things today to help you understand how to get beyond our fears in our lives and how, some of the challenges we have in that whole process as we're going through. Our verse today is going to be, and you can turn to it in your Bibles, we're not going to go there right now, but we're going to, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 33 and 34. So get your Bibles out, turn there, and we'll jump into that in just a couple of minutes. Now, I want to talk about different fears. We have got all kinds of different fears, and we're in a situation around us right now where those fears are being fed in a number of ways, with the virus, with uncertainty, with all the things around us, they're being fed. But I came across a, a list of phobias, and I, I think I've done this once before several years ago, but I just wanted to do them again this morning, because some of them are kind of fun, and they are... Uh, really good. Now, I may have to take a couple times to try and say some of these because they're really long. Uh, arachibitrophobia. That one is a fear of peanut butter being stuck to the roof of your mouth. Uh, ophthalmolo <laughs> ophthalmophia. The fear of being stared at. Genophobia. The fear of knees. Pogonophobia. The fear of beards. Here's one I like. Diskenia phobia. That's the fear of going to school. You have to be able to say that to be afraid of it, but that's what it is to go to school. This one, I know I'm going to have to take a couple because it's, it's the encyclopedia. Hippopotamostrosa equipa delia phobia. Makes sense. That was the fear of long words. It's a terrible one. Uh, gamophobia, the fear of the fear of marriage. Schoolophobia, the fear of going to school. Theophobia, the fear of God. I've got one, one of these fears, and and it's it, it may happen at some point in time. It's philacrophobia. That's the fear of golden. That's the fear of going bald. And I may have that as to deal with at some point in time. But those are fears. Those are phobias. So when we're talking about fear today, though, we're not talking about phobias. We're talking about the stress and anxiety and fear that comes from that in the world that we're dealing with around us. Now, remember, some fear is good. If the train is coming at you, you're afraid you get out of the way. Those fears are good things. But we're talking about those fears that are on us because we are uncertain. We can't control what's going on around us. We can't find the answers around us. So we get all uptight and all wrapped up inside. And those kind of fears really are hard on our system. They can really take, uh, really take a toll on us and cause us to be wrapped up. The question is, when you get rid of a fear, do you really want to get rid of it? So let me ask you this. What are you afraid of right now? If you were to, to tell me or to tell the person beside you what your greatest fear is right now, what would it be? Would it be just the uncertainty? Would it be about a job? Would it be about family? Would it be about uncertainty about something else? Would it be about health? What would it be? What would your greatest fear be right now? And 
if once you did that, once you shared that with the one beside you, how about this? If it got removed right now, what would it take? What would it take? What would it take to get rid of your fear right now and to be able to do and to be living your life without fear? See, one of the problems that we face is that many people live in constant fear. Let me tell you a little story so you help me understand what I mean. There's a fable about uh, an old magician, and a mouse came to him and said, I'm so afraid of the cat. The, the cat is causing me such tremendous fear. I wonder, can you help me, Mr. Magician? So the magician went, poof, and the mouse became a cat. Well, then the former mouse came back as a cat now to the magician and said, I'm so afraid, I'm so afraid, I'm afraid of all those dogs. Those dogs are out there, they're coming, they're chasing me, they're after me all the time. I'm so afraid. So the magician went, poof, and made him into a dog. A couple days later, he came back again as a dog and said, I'm so afraid. I'm terrified. I don't know what to do. I'm always afraid. I, I just, everywhere I go, I'm so afraid. Those tigers, those tigers are going to get me. They're going to come and they're going to eat me up. And I know they are. And I'm just so worried. I'm just so afraid about all these tigers coming to get me. And the magician went poof and turned him back to a mouse. And he said, I can't do anything for you because you never stopped being a mouse. You never stopped believing that you were going to be attacked. You never stopped believing that there were things that you didn't have to be afraid of. You were constantly being afraid of something, and it kept coming back at you again and again and again. And when we face those kinds of anxieties in our lives, and we're struggling through all of the anxieties that, that we have, the, wherever they're all coming from, it starts to wear on us physically. It takes a real toll on us. And I just, a couple things that anxiety and stress and fear and everything else can, can do to us. Here's just a list of a few of the things. We get this sense of doom. Depression rises up. We get headaches, muscle aches, and pains. We have a pounding heart. We become more irritable. There's extreme fatigue. We have breathing problems. We have an upset stomach. We have increased blood pressure. All of that because of Stress and fear and anxiety. That can affect us physically in so many ways and start to break us down and to tear us apart. We have to change how we see ourselves and how we see God in order to be able to get past a lot of our fears. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. To get through that, to bust through your fears by knowing what God has done and is doing. We'll talk about a couple examples. We'll give you some ways that that can make a difference. We're going to give you some practical stuff as, long as, some, as well as some theo theological stuff. But we need to know and you need to know that God is wanting to, for you to break through your fears. So even as we start right now, I just want to take a minute and we're going to pray together just as we start this and get into it. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a God of strength and peace and power, and you are not a God of fear. And Lord, for anyone, any of us now who are struggling with fears in our lives, whether they be whatever they are, health or finances or just uncertainty or just pressure, Lord, I know that you are a God of peace and strength. So open up our hearts and open up our minds this morning to understand and receive what you have for us from your word so we can learn how to deal with our fears and we can overcome them. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.
okay. Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. Let's take a look at it. It says, seek first, pardon me, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Today's trouble is enough for today. Jesus had just finished teaching about how God takes care of the lilies of the field and of the birds of the air. And he says, don't worry about all those things. But he says, now, what you need to have in your dealing with it is that when you have God's working for you and with you, and you seek the kingdom of God above all else, don't worry about it. Now, here's one of the things that happens, and it's happened with, with this particular scripture, and it happens with a lot, is you can't have verse 34, which says to us, don't worry about tomorrow, don't get all uptight about it. You can't have 34 without 33. We need to understand that the, the verse numbers that are in the Bible that are put in there were not put in until about 400 years ago. And it was a fellow back in, in the mid-1600s who just took the, he, pardon me, took the Greek Bible and put the verse numbers and chapters into it. Up until then, it was just a long letter or a long book. Each of the letters or books were like that. But he put the chapters and verses into them so that it was easier to find the scriptures you're looking for. And I'm so glad he did. Otherwise, you'd be all day trying to find the scripture I'm trying to get you to. And so it's really a help to us. But sometimes he broke them up and when he did that, we pull out one verse because we like what it sounds like, but we don't see the context and the things that are around it. And so we misunderstand sometimes the truths of God. That's called looking at context. That's the important part for us to under really understand what God's word is, to put it into context. And so Jesus had been teaching about how God takes care of the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. And then in verse 33, he says... Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Verse 34, so, that word so, is like the word because, or therefore, or then you can, then you can. It's not a separate thought. This is not a break into something new. He's saying to us, seek the kingdom of God above all else and you and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So there is this place and this relationship that we have with God that helps us to move into what he has for us. We have this misunderstanding sometimes about how God works. We know that when we become Christians, God has opened up all of his blessings and power to us. He's done that. We have got access to every part of who God is. But we don't recognize and we don't see it sometimes in our own lives. And we struggle with knowing how that works or how that doesn't work or how those pieces are, are hard for us. And so we, we say, well, God obviously doesn't do it because he's not doing it for me and he's not doing it for me now. So I want to show you something to try and help you understand that. I've got over here a couple of dumbbells. These are, these are 20-pounders. And yes, they are mine. Um, but I want to just put these over here on the floor. And now I want you to understand that when we become Christians, God comes and he presents to us the weight of his goodness and of his power. He gives it to us. But if we are just sort of sitting here going, 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you've given those to me, Lord. So glad. And then we wait and we wait. A couple weeks, month, maybe two months later, we go, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm so glad you've given those to me. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm so glad. But I'm not really seeing any benefit from them yet. Uh, and so, Lord, I'm getting a little bit anxious here because you promised that you would give me benefits uh, if, I, if I served you. you. You promised that you would be with me. You promised you would give me peace. You promised you would work in my life to bring hope and healing and and provision and guidance for me. But God, I'm not seeing it yet. So, Lord, I, I, I know it's there, uh, but thank you. Thank you, but I'm, I'm not seeing it yet. And that's how many of us go through our walk with God. We know he's given it to us, but what he's given is left sitting. When he says to seek the kingdom of God, and we'll see that several places throughout the New Testament. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek ye the kingdom of God. Put the kingdom of God first. Understand what the kingdom of God is. When he's, Jesus is talking about that, he's talking about learning to take hold of what he has given us. So instead of them sitting there by themselves like that, we now take hold of it. And we start to say, okay, now this is not easy, God. I don't really like what you're telling me here or what you want me to do, but... I'm starting to learn something when I start to use it. When I start to understand more about your kingdom, when I start to read your word, when I start to spend time with you, when I start to really believe what you have to say, wow, all of a sudden something's happening. And Lord, I'm getting stronger in my faith because I'm believing what you say. God, I'm, I'm getting stronger because I'm reading your word. I'm getting stronger because I'm, I, I'm spending time with you. God, I'm getting stronger because I'm hanging around with Christians who love me and encourage me and teach me, and I'm looking at what's there. God, I'm getting, this is really cool. I like this, God, and I am keep doing this and doing this. God, there is a benefit, but I have to pick up what you've given me and start to use it, even though it may be work. Our walk with God requires our involvement. We cannot have a walk with God where we sit back and say, okay, God, lay it on me. And many times we get caught in that. We get caught in the idea that God's going to just simply pour it out on us. And we, we get ticked off when he doesn't. But in order for us to have strength and peace, and overcome fear and everything else that God has promised us. We have to, verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. You mean I have to work at it? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a sit back and bless me, it's God, I got to know you. I got to start doing what you tell me i got to start living different than what I was before. i got to start putting away things that are destructive to me. i got to start just hanging on to your truth, God. i got to start doing what's right and what's right in every case. And I, I have to do that. I have to spend time with God. I have to spend time in his word. I have to make that a priority in my life. And when we do that, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. If you do that, 
and you're doing that. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. We need to have both those verses working in our lives, and we have to do it by getting involved and working with what God has for us. You know that worrying about tomorrow will limit what we do today? That's the other problem about worry. When we're, we're really in that place and, and we're trying to work forward in what God has for us, when we're worried about tomorrow, all of a sudden today gets bogged down because we aren't able to do today what we need to do so that we can face tomorrow. Have you ever had the situation where you had some things to be done and, you know, someone comes up to you and says, how was your day? Did you get all your stuff done you wanted to? And you go, you know, I really didn't. I just, I've been so overwhelmed with worrying about tomorrow. I've been so overwhelmed about, concerned about how, what's going to take place or so overwhelmed about what's going to happen with this exam or with these finances or with the COVID or with any situation. I'm so worried about that that I just wasn't able to do today what I needed to do. See, our work has got to be today for tomorrow. Today's got enough things that we need to do. So today, we need to be doing the work. Today, we need to be doing the right things. Today, we need to be doing the things we're supposed to do. Do we need to do that today? Don't stop doing what you know is right because of tomorrow. Do what's, you, do what's right every day and do it today. Spend the time today looking and working with God. We are in very difficult times right now. And I, it wouldn't be a surprise to me, don't quote me on this, but I would not be surprised if before I ended this message this morning, the Christians of this earth disappeared and Jesus came back. I, I, I think we're, we're in those kinds of maybe times and I'm not saying that it's going to happen like that, but and, and it happened right now, but there's a lot of stuff going on that wouldn't surprise me because of what we are seeing. The multiplication of problems, the multiplication of tumult within the world is certainly opening up the door towards that. But are we going to worry about that? We can't worry about that. We have to do what's right today. And so today we work it through. And today we do what's right and today we hang on to what we need to do to keep going towards tomorrow. Sometimes we are in a place today where we are, are overwhelmed. And I, I, I saw this definition of, of courage. Uh, courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is acting in spite of the fear. And there are times where we are afraid, but we still need to act because that fear can shut us down. But when we get to a place in our lives where sometimes we're feeling overwhelmed and overburdened with it, we need to find and get a hold of somebody else who has got some faith that we can hang on to and can help us. And, and I've, I've talked about it before. I call it piggyback faith. It's not that their faith will will substitute for ours, but when somebody else has got some faith for something that I'm struggling with and can come along with their faith beside me, they can actually lift me up and make my faith greater as I listen to them, spend time with them, have them speak into my life 
so that I can hear and know the words that are true and start to live my life beyond the fear, beyond the things that are holding me back. And that process of reaching out to others is what we all are about. Jesus wants us to be connected with other believers. We need to help each other in this process. We need to help and encourage each other. You need people to encourage you. You need to be encouraging others. We all need to do that because we all are are facing and fighting different kinds and levels of faith and fear and struggles as we're going through this. We've got it. Where are you? Are you an encourager? Do you need encouraging? Well, you should be both. But it starts, it's a matter of doing what God tells us to do and seeking the kingdom of God first and making sure we're doing the right things before God every day, every day. And let him see and know who we are. Let him see and know the goodness of who we are. Our relationship to God and our understanding of who we are in him is a real key into dealing, in dealing with uh, fear. It's, it's where the struggle comes because if we understand who he is, then we are able to move ahead more wisely and more effectively. Because if we understand who he is and we can understand who we are, we can make this work. We can go beyond the things that we have been messing with and we, things that we have been missing in our lives and not seeing the answers for in our lives. When we talk about our relationship to God, one of the great examples we have in Scripture of someone who's coming, overcoming fear is in the life of David, particularly as he went out and fought Goliath. So I want to just take a quick look at that this morning in, in pardon me, 1 Samuel chapter 17 as David went and fought Goliath, because we see in him some things in his life that are there for us to help us get over and through our own faith. Now, don't let the fact that this is a Bible guy, one of the Old Testament Bible guys, keep you from understanding the power and reality, the power and fullness of God's faith working in your life today. What we saw him do, what we saw God work through in his life, is available to us today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the power of God that was in the Old Testament is in the New Testament, and it is forever. And it's for us. So let's look at David and just see the things that he did and does and where he becomes strong and he overcomes fear. 2 Samuel Chapter, pardon me, 1 Samuel chapter 17. David had come out to bring food to his brothers at the battle line as Israel was fighting the Philistines and Goliath came out and made the challenge there and nobody from Israel would go and fight him. Let's pick up the story in verse 32. Don't worry about this Philistine, Philistine David said to Saul. I will go and fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since he was youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. 
The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. So Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead. And may the Lord be with you. I don't think Saul was convinced at that point in time. But did you hear what David did? David understood who he was. Now, some people would look at what David said and say, oh, man, that was, what an arrogant guy he is. You know, stand up and say, hey, he's just this little kid. There's Goliath. And say, I'll go beat him. Yeah, no, I can do it. I, I can make that happen. And, and people, and I've heard people call him that. They say he's, he's arrogant. What an arrogant little twerp he was to, to make those kind of declarations in the midst of the army of Israel and in front of the king to go out there to do that. And it's actually... And it's just, you know, it's a good thing God did what he did for him because he was just being arrogant. That's not what David was doing. There is a distinct difference between arrogance and confidence in what God is doing in your life. Between arrogance and who God is. Between arrogance and who you are created to be. See, David understood that. It was not about him defeating the Philistine. It was about God defeating the Philistine. He said, I am going to go out there, and I am going to get this guy because he's defiling the armies of God, and God will give to him the same God who rescued me from the, lion, from the jaws of the lion and the, and the bear will give to me the victory over this ugly Philistine. He's going down. He understood the relationship. He understood what the covenant between God and man is all about. Now, covenant is not something that we fully understand a lot of uh, in Western culture. It's not something that's common. But we partake of it first Sunday of every month here when in our church. We have communion. That's covenant. When we take the, the bread and the, and the, the juice... It's remembering what Jesus did on the cross. It's honoring of that, but it's covenant. The word testament, as we have in New Testament and Old Testament, really, the, that is the word covenant. It's about this covenant relationship between God and man and the covenant relationship that we have in who God is and what God is doing in our lives. And we have some covenant promises from God, as David had covenant promises from God, uh, we have them in our lives. And David understood that when he is honoring God with his life, God in covenant is going to work with him and for him. David had spent his years out in the fields honoring God, singing praises, writing hymns, worshiping God, praying to him, talking to him, working up his faith muscles, working up his spiritual strength inside of him. He was getting stronger and stronger so that when he comes now to face this Philistine, I'm strong in God. I don't have to be in fear. I can go and I can deal with him. I can go and I can see that there is a God who loves me. I can go and see and show that there is a God who is greater than this Philistine who is going to go down. I've got a God who is greater than all of that. We know in the New Testament, the New Covenant, which in the covenant really starts in Acts after the, after the Gospels. In the New Covenant, from Acts through to Revelation, God describes to us what our relationship with him is and what he has for us. It's a covenant. Now, one of the things we need to remember about a covenant is that God has 
obligated himself to us. We are not trying to twist God's arm when we ask him to do something he has said he is going to do. He has already chosen to give that to us. He has already given it to us. Just like God has already given us and placed it before us and said, do you want to take it and use it? And we go, oh, well, can I have it? Lord, please, can I have it? Can I have peace? Can I have strength? God says, it's sitting right there. In his covenant relationship, he has that for us. Just, and we have to go and receive what God is giving us in the same way we have to receive our salvation. We receive what God is giving to us. Here's some of the things that we can receive. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 1, 4. Philippians 4, 13. I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. Not some things. Everything. He goes on to say, do not fear, for I am with you. I am with you. If we learn to take what God's word says and then we build the relationship, we invest ourselves into God's kingdom through seeking him and through our prayer and through developing relationship, a deeper relationship with him and with the people around us. And by prayer, I mean not just us talking to him, but learning to have, listen, when he talks to us and building that relationship, and we have that going in us, what we're doing is we're getting stronger to bust up the fear. We're getting stronger to bust up the attacks of the enemy. We're getting stronger to bust up everything that will try to hold us back and keep us from experiencing what God has for us. Because the enemy wants us to live in fear. He wants us to live there. He wants us to reside there. He wants us to stay there. And so it really comes down to our options, our choices, our, our purpose. If you have committed your life to Jesus Christ, you have committed your life to follow him. You've, you, part of that is we submit ourselves to Christ to let him be the Lord of our lives. We ask him to now begin to work in us and we have given ourselves to him. And he says, okay, now that you've given yourself to me, here's what you need to learn. These are not rules. God is not going to send you to, to hell because you don't learn what it is to seek the kingdom if you've committed your life to him. You've got, your, you've got that part taken care of. But when we start saying, I, I got fear, I've got worries, I have all these other things going on, Lord, help me. He says, I can help you with all of that, but you have to start learning what it means to receive the help that I'm giving you. Let me, I've given it to you, but receive it. Start putting to work what I have given you because when I, you put that to work in your life and you grow in that in your life, then it's going to give to you today what you need for tomorrow. And you will begin to experience the fullness of God's love and power in you. It's not about rules. It's not about passing or failing. Once we've committed our lives to Christ, it's a matter of, are we going to grow? And in 
the struggle that we face right now, it's more important that we understand what it means to grow. He loves us so much, he wants us to move ahead in all that he's doing. He, want, he has the promises, the covenant promises that he's given to us that are there for us. And we, we're not receiving them into us because we're not seeking him out to build the relationship with him. They're there. They're there for us. We've got it. It's here for us. But we have to step in and believe who he is. Just as David did. My God's bigger than that. My, my God's bigger than that. That's what David said. My God, my, this giant, he's nothing. My God's bigger than that. Why? Because I've, I've worked. I've learned. I've grown. I know what it is. I know who he is. And when I know who God is and I know who I am in God and what God has done with me and in me and through me and what he's showing me, that guy's nothing. So I asked you at the very beginning, what's your greatest fear? I asked you, what would it take to get rid of that fear? I can guarantee you this. If we do today what we need to do today, we seek God. We honor God. We seek his kingdom. We listen to him. We allow ourselves and our gifts to impact others. And we allow others to come where we are weak and we are struggling to help us. We build those relationships. When those things start to happen, God comes and works through us to give us the peace, the strength, the answers, and every part of our lives that we need. And God can help you right now. God can help you right now to overcome that fear in your life. And it can start with a simple step. A simple step of, of now saying, Lord, I'm going to let go of this fear. I'm going to let go of it. I've been hanging on to it for so long, and I've not been hanging on to your truth, but I've been hanging on to this fear. So right now, I'm going to let go of that. I'm going to give it to you, God. I'm going to give to you the, the worry about my finances. I'm going to give you the worry about my health. I'm going to give, you to, give to you the worry about my family. I'm going to give it to you right now, God, and I want to have your peace, and I commit those things to you, and I ask you to come now and to guide me and strengthen me and cause me within my own life to start to see your kingdom working in me, building in me, growing in me, and God will do that for you. You want that today. Let me pray. Let me pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for everyone who's been watching and listening this morning. Lord, I thank you that you love them, that it's your desire to work in their lives, that you have created a covenant relationship with them. And your promises, God, are true. And you are a God of peace, of strength, of overcoming, and the, your grace and goodness goes beyond anything we can imagine or think. And so, Lord, right now I ask that you reveal yourself to each one of us in a new way. I pray for those that are struggling with fear of some kind, that, Lord, right now you will speak to them. You will speak to them. And you will work in them. And now, if you are one of those people that has fear this morning, I want you to just repeat this prayer after me, just right where you are, right in your living room, right in your office, wherever it is, doesn't matter. 
who's around you, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me if you are struggling with fear this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are my God. I choose to give you now my fear. I give you my fear about whatever it is. And Lord, I do not want to take that back. I will not take that back. I give it to you. And Father, I receive now into me your life, your love, your grace, your power, your peace, and your joy. And I will live for you and to see your kingdom, to seek your kingdom in all I do. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I praise you and thank you that it is done now in Jesus' name. Amen. Once you let it go, don't be like that mouse and start to get worried about other things. Do the same thing. Give it to God. Give it to God. Give it to God. Seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom. Keep working those muscles and let God bless you. Let God bless you. Thank you for joining us here this morning. It's been so good to have you here. It's such an honor. And Pastor Joel to allow me to come and to spend time with you like this. I'm so grateful to him and to the church for this opportunity. And I pray that you be blessed in your lives right now. As we do on Sunday mornings, as we wrap up, we just want to remind you that there is at the bottom, there's a chat button or a prayer request button down there at the bottom of your screen. If you want prayer this morning, just click on that button. And we've got people right now who are waiting and wanting to be able to pray with you, to help you to deal with whatever your situation is. Maybe it's about fear. Maybe it's about something else. Maybe there's just something else going on in your life that's, that's really hard right now. They're there to pray with you. They're for you. And they love you, and they know that God loves you too, and that God's with you. So take advantage of that prayer time that's there, and they will be praying with you. Also, I remind you as well that I, the opportunity to give and to be, give your tithes and your offerings to the church, we continue to function, as you can see. Uh, we still have our staff. We still have our building. We still have our outreach that's reaching into many homes and helping many people who are struggling as we're going through these difficult times. Your faithfulness has allowed us to continue. Your faithfulness has blessed our church and has blessed our community. So I encourage you, once again, to... Give, and there's all the different ways you can do that that are going to show up on your screen shortly here. And give to the church, provide your tithes and offerings, bring them in, and let God bless you as you bless the church as well. Have a great week, my friends. I hope you have a wonderful time. Give your family a, a hug and say hi to them for me. And just, you know, enjoy it. God has given us a beautiful life in a beautiful place, in a beautiful country. And we are so blessed by God. Don't let the enemy steal the blessings of God in your life by believing the lies and being in fear. Let God's hand be on you. Have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye.